honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am back. I am your host, Paladino Joey, and I'm going solo yet again. Marcus the Forecaster, unavailable yet again. Couldn't even get a show out last week. Do apologize for that. The show must go on, though, so solo it is. That's the way things are going to be for the time being. Hopefully, I can get Forecaster back on sooner rather than later. No promises, though. No promises. So I'll just leave it at that. You're going to be noticing a couple changes to the show a bit. No major changes like, oh my god, it's like not even Timberwolves Explosion anymore. It's something completely different. But, you know, a few a few bumpers you're going to be noticing now and a little bit less of me talking about this and that during the show. More or less stuff that should be on bumpers instead. So, just trying to bring you a better product. Always trying to ever improve Timberwolves Explosion for you, the listeners. So, all I ask in return is tell a friend or two or 40 about the show. would always be appreciated. Well, again, we are going to skip league talk like we normally do. I mean, I, I, I get into league talk usually with Marcus the Forecaster early on, but when solo, I, we're just going to jump right into the Timberwolves right away. It's just the way it needs to be. So we're going to try to brush things with a broad stroke this time around. This is going to be more of an emotion show than like a game-by-game-by-game type of review type of show this time around. It kind of, this show is going to ebb and flow, you know. Timberwolves Explosion ebbs and flows with how things go when I when I release the show and all that. So just letting you know there. Um, this kind of, this is like, let's just get it all out right now because <laughs> there's just, there's just so many common themes with the Timberwolves right now. Um, it's like, where do I begin? There's just so much stuff. And obviously, later on, we're going to preview the following week and get into the fan interactions with the uh, Facebook and Twitter accounts. We'll be giving out information about that later and also how to call into the show. Yes, sir. All right. So, yes, it has been a tough stretch for the Timberwolves. They have been unable and just literally unable to catch 500. They, they just can't do it. This team is as unclutch as it gets. In fact, I believe now we are 0-12. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, we are 0-12 in uh, four-point games right now. Four-point game situations. Four points or less. The Timberwolves are as unclutch as you could possibly be. And there has been an ongoing theme right now where it seems like everybody outside of the state of Minnesota seems to agree with me about this is BS. This is complete BS. This is unacceptable. Where it seems like the local listenership, the local media, you know, kind of like bloggers and such, they just don't seem to get it. I, I, I don't understand. It's like they're just drinking Kool-Aid to this team saying that, I mean, and it's no offense now, I'm because I'm sure some of you are listening and it's no offense to you, but I'm just trying to tell you, when you're telling me about a big picture, I need to see the big picture. I am seeing the big picture. This is the thing. You need to see the big picture here. Because look at the way look at the way this team is not able to finish games at home, on the road, wherever against inferior teams. 
inferior teams and sometimes good teams. And oh yes, we lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay, they're the better team. But the way we lost, that's where the frustration comes in. It's not the fact that we lost to Oklahoma City. It's the way we lost. It's the horrible execution, the complete disregard of of like past results. They you can't just say past results are indication are, are not indications of future future results or wh- however the saying goes. I apologize there for that, but um, because it, ha- it because they are the past results are <laughs> you know are indications of future results because it's just the same tired old story over and over again. What do the Timberwolves constantly do at the end of games? Every single time they give it to the J.J. Bereas and the Kevin Martins. And it's every single time they give them the ball and they drive to the basket looking for what? What do they look for every single time they drive to the basket? A foul. They don't actually go for a shot, really. They're going for a foul. They're not even facing the basket. They're not open. They're covered and they're forcing up shots hoping for a foul. That's where my frustration comes out. Now, I'm not necessarily coming on here to rant and scream and and all that, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, this is something that I had to get out the past two weeks. (laughs) I'm not, I mean, there's just, there's nothing funny about it. There's nothing cute about it. And this is not somebody just coming on the radio and blaring and grandstanding. This is a fan of a team who's more than a fan at this point, been watching the team for as long as possible, pays attention to how things result in situations late in games. You don't go for the foul every single time with players that can't, that have no possibility of even making the shot anyway at that in that situation. Now again, okay, Kevin Martin scored 20 points in this particular game. This was the Phoenix game of one. The Phoenix game, which took place Wednesday and January the 8th. A one point loss. One point loss. Why are you going for a foul when it's a one point loss? By the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was losing my... I mean, I, I was absolutely going nuts. I was going eight bleep. Because I can't help it. The Timberwolves had this game won. Easily. They had it beat. They had them beat. And you had, see... In the past, Kevin Martin screwing up late in game situations. Okay, we went to Kevin Martin in this situation... He screwed up horribly. And then we went to him again, and he screws up horribly. And then, okay, here we go. We're down by one. We just need to make one quick shot. You have Kevin Love. You have this guy. You have that guy. Especially Kevin Love, though. Hello? Kevin Love's not been getting the ball in these situations. We've been giving it to Pekovic, who seems to panic and act like he's playing hot potato with the ball out there (laughs) in in a late-game situation. Kevin Martin seems to want to just look for a foul. J.J. Barea seems to just want to look for a foul. Now, here's the point with Kevin Martin here. Kevin Martin, if he's wide open, you give him the ball for a spot-up three or a spot-up two, whatever it is. That, I'm not angry with. But drawing up, but setting up a play where Kevin Martin draws to the bas- drives to the basket looking for a foul, that ain't smart basketball at all. That's just not, he's, it's not his game. It never has been, never will be. <laughs> so it's one thing about, okay, he scored 20 points in the game. Come on, you can count on him. No, you have to pay attention to what hey, he's done in the past in these situations. There is situations with players that you have to remember. Situational <laughs> strategy going in. You have to remember stuff, like how players handle these situations. It's not actually that hard. 
I'm not sitting there writing down everything. I can remember it. It's not that hard. <laughs> so when you have a Hall of Fame potential coach setting up the same plays over and over again, I don't understand it. I'm sorry, but I'm gonna but I'm gonna get mad about it. <laughs> and you have a guy in Kevin Love. Here's a situation I'm getting to here. You have a guy in Kevin Love who obviously is the best player on the team. Did miss clutch free throws earlier. <laughs> I believe that was the Dallas game a while ago. Uh, yes, it was. Missed the free throws. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Just stunning. It just, yeah. No, Oklahoma game, not the Dallas game. The Oklahoma game, he got the foul on Ibaka. And he missed all all three of the free throws. Now the third one was like, okay, he has to miss it to try to hope to get a rebound and tie the game up. But, yeah, see, that's where Kevin Love blew it too. But I'm a lot more comfortable with giving the ball to Kevin Love in these situations rather than J.J. Barea or, of course, Kevin Martin in these situations. Rubio, I you can't count on to make a shot anywhere, anytime. It seems like Kevin Martin wide open for three on a, on a bounce pass, a spot-up three. Sure. Okay, let's see what happens. We haven't actually seen that happen yet. My guess is that he misses just because I've never seen Kevin Martin really do anything that clutch. Maybe sometimes when we're ahead by a, by a, by a, like seven, eight points. Okay, that's great. But how about when you're down by like one or two? Let's see it then. Um, Kevin Love has hit game-winning shots. He's had He has hit game-tying shots. But something's changed a bit with him a little bit. But yet at the same time, he's got to be the go-to guy. Now here's the point here that I'm trying to get to. Now, you know, the J.J. Barea, Kevin Martin, blah, blah, blah. I already got into that extensively here. This is where you, this is where you truly see what you have here. Because all this talk about Kevin Love, oh, sure, Kevin Love, uh, everybody knows he wants to go to L.A. That's a story that's been released um, via, was it SB Nation and passed on to Real GM and all that good stuff all over the world. Oh, it, an NBA executive says everybody knows Kevin Love wants to go to L.A. All right, so here's the thing. Let Kevin Love, <laughs> give Kevin Love a chance to win us some games. And if he doesn't, if he continues to not get it done in that sense, well, he's going to continue to pad his stats, I'm sure. Look to trade him. I mean, if clearly the guy's not somebody you can count on late in the game, look to trade him, see what you can get. See what you can get for him. That's what it comes to, if, if it comes to that. Otherwise, if Kevin Love starts winning you games, well then, guess what, doggone it, you're actually doing something right now. Now you're actually maybe even flirting with 500 again. Oh my god, we might actually get over 500. That's the whole point. <laughs> see what you see what you truly have. I mean, he's your go-to guy, he's your franchise player. He needs to get the ball most of the time there. And if, he, if somebody's wide open, like a Kevin Martin for a spot-up three... Or maybe even a Corey Brewer. Give it to him once in a while. See what happens. But, yeah, if they want to double, triple team Kevin Love, then maybe he can kick it out to somebody. Don't have Kevin Martin and J.J. Barea force force themselves to the basket, not even facing the basket, not even looking for a good shot, just looking for a foul, which does not, which is not called late in the game. Once in a while, it is called. Heck, Kevin Love finally did get a call <laughs> because it was a legit full-blown foul. Love was actually looking for the shot, and then Ibaka followed him. As did Sean Marion with his yap, his big yap, showing off like, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. great block, yeah, sure, you're the best defender ever, Sean. Great defense, Sean. Mm. 
Yes. <laughs> I mean, you got a lot more of Kevin Love's arm than you, than you did the ball there. And you're not supposed to get his arm at all, technically. But, yeah. Um, <sighs> the, the, the no rhyme or reason theme with the Minnesota Timberwolves continues when you have blowouts against Charlotte, blowouts against Philadelphia, which, okay, great. We went out east, kicked their butts. Fantastic. You beat Philadelphia by 30 points, 31 points in Philadelphia. And then the next uh, two days, you have that just, you, you're looking great against Phoenix and you just flat blow it. And then you destroy Charlotte later, 119 to 92. And then, of course, you head to San Antonio with the usual same old BS, 18 point loss, whatever it is, which it was in San Antonio. It's just. Whatever, that's so predictable. This team never gets over the hump against San Antonio unless Popovich sits everybody in the final game of the season. So, oh, cute, the Wolves beat San Antonio because nobody was playing for the Spurs. And then you have Sacramento several days later, and you can't even beat the Sacramento Kings in Target Center. You can't even beat them. And, in fact, you end up losing by 110. You're doing the same crap with the same players, the same Kevin Martins, and I believe it was J.J. Barea this time around. Looking for the foul, looking for the foul yet again. And does the is the foul called? Of course not. Is the shot anywhere near the basket? Is it grazing the front of the rim? Is it missing completely? Whatever. Either way, it's a horrible shot, horrible strategy, horrible everything. So, and it's just the same old story. That's the whole point. When you when you have the same exact strategy going into every game, throwing just throwing games away. Somebody needs to be fired. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> Rick Adelman, may, th- this makes no sense that he, he's allowing this to continue. You would you would think, like, if these players were just kind of forcing these plays himself and not being told to do do what they're doing out there by, by, by Rick Adelman, he would either bench them or completely, like, demand that they stop. They stop doing this. But, I, but these plays are drawn by Rick Adelman, and it makes no sense. Stop Stop looking for calls, please. Stop looking for calls. Obviously, the continued rant by everybody is that Rick Edelman's not playing the rookies. That has destroyed the morale with a lot of the bench players. You got the bench players not liking the starters. The starters not liking the bench. You got this and that. It never ends. It's an endless inner battle with the players. And they're going to constantly come back and tell you, oh, everything's fine. What are you talking about? And so are a lot of the local media in this town. Now, not everybody. Some of them are acknowledging what's going on. <laughs> some of them are acknowledging what's going on, where others might be just like, oh, everything's fine. Hey, what are you talking about? You know, this this team's fine. Look, look, look how close they are to 500. Just chill out. Slow down. Don't, don't, you, you don't need to be going on vicious rants and blowing up and freaking out. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You, you think everything's fine, really? They can tell you that, but, I mean, they're not passing any eye tests, folks. Not a single one. Okay, sure, go ahead and romp Philadelphia. But when you turn around and lose home games to Sacramento and Phoenix, Phoenix is a good team, but the way they lost. It's not the fact that they lost to Phoenix. It's the way they lost. They had the game won, and they let it go. Sacramento, there is no reason... Whatsoever, the Sacramento Kings should come into Target Center and roll this squad. They were rolling the Timberwolves until a late surge, a late game surge that, of course, yes, ended the same way they always do, looking for a foul, like I've talked about a hundred thousand times. Not only is it bad, (laughs) 
not only is it bad in terms of end results of games like these, but it's bad for the game in general. I'm sick and tired of NBA players looking for a foul on every single play. Everybody's trying to get a charge or they're trying to get a foul. Like, say you have the ball, you're trying to get fouled. Or if you're on defense, you're just looking for the charge. It just takes away from the goodness of the game. It really does. I mean, great, there's a hustle play. You made a stop. Whoa, that's great. I mean, you made a stop by drawing a charge. It's good, but I mean, when it's like the whole game is that way, it gets really old. And that's where the whole flopping crap comes in. And that's a whole nother conversation. We continue for 18 hours when the time comes. But whatever. <laughs> uh, yes, the Wolves destroy the Utah Jazz. At least they took care of one bad team at home. On Saturday, January the 18th, that's the last game that the Timberwolves have played since, uh, you know, the show has been released. It's, uh, it's Timberwolves still two games under 500. Even after this victory in Target Center, a 98-72 pounding of a very depleted Utah Jazz team. Team that's clearly not ready to compete on any level whatsoever. Nikola Pakovic has a strong game. Kevin Love shooting 50% in the game. Good. I mean, that's nice to see the Wolves do well. And Kevin Martin with his usual 20 points, but his overall soft play has a lot of people mad locally. Uh, it's nice to see Gorgie Zheng finally get off the bench, who supposedly is in the rotation, according to... <laughs> according to Rick Adelman and such, and Flip and all them, he's not in the rotation. Gorgie Zheng isn't in the rotation. He got playing time because it was garbage time. Because the Wolves are running a Utah team that couldn't even score. They're so undermanned. Oh, you just look at this. It's so frustrating. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've pretty much got off my chest what I need to get off my chest. There's no sense in doing any type of detailed game review. Right there, what you just heard is the game reviews. All in all in a nutshell. And it's been this season, all in a nutshell. You blow out the the weak teams like the Utahs and the and the the the, the Eastern Conference type teams, you blow them out and you kick their butts, but then you come home sometimes and lose to teams like Sacramento and and you just don't understand it. And they they still can't even beat them and it's like what the hell? And then of course you you pretty much never beat the good teams. Pretty much never. Like what once in a while. We took out Oklahoma earlier in the year when the Wolves actually looked pretty strong and tough, but ever since, uh, the overall morale of this basketball team is not good right now. That's the big picture. <laughs> the morale's not good. They're not clutch. They're not <laughs> getting along. They're they're not playing like winners. They're, they're, they're not. Uh, Ricky Rubio's not even getting any playing time in the fourth quarter anymore. You're just seeing J.J. Barea out there, a backup backup point guard who isn't a point guard at all. He's just a he's just a gunner. He's not playing the, the role he did in Dallas. But he was more of an off guard who could fly to the basket and make some plays, but not be looked to be a overall playmaker, not be looked to set up plays for other people. Because that's not who JJ Barea is. JJ Barea is a spark plug off the bench to score some points here and there. He's not a point guard. Timberwolves need a backup point guard in there. AJ Price got a little run in the Sacramento game. Didn't get a second in the in the Utah game, which is really weird. He was deactivated. Robbie Hummel has been deactivated as well. Don't know what the hell's going on. Um, I will give this honest opinion though. This this uh, positive about Ronnie Turioff's return. He you know yes he has provided nice energy. Still prefer to see Gorgie Zhang get those minutes because he's got more of a future in this league. Yet, but at the same time, hey man, Ronnie Turioff. Has a nice. He, he does have a high basketball IQ. 
His defensive presence does deserve some recognition. It does. Uh, but obviously, so does Gorgi Zhang. There's no reason why both of them can't play at times. Maybe not together, but maybe a little teeny bit here and there. Um, Luke Richard Mute, I don't really see anything out of him. That was a throwaway trade. Uh, Derek Williams has not done all that much with Sacramento, but he sure looked good against us. <laughs> he started really strong with Sacramento and then got buried again when Rudy Gay came. Never really saw him again. Cunningham is having a terrible season. There's no doubt. Uh, Chase Buttinger started a little bit okay early. Has come back to the pack a bit. He's really not much better than Robbie Hummel right now. <laughs> He's taking shots and missing shots and uh, making a couple. Oh, goody. Alexi Shved is what he is. He'll get his 10 points here and there. But most of the time, he looks like a guy who is uh, a, a boy among men. Not a man among boys. It's the opposite. And that's about the wraps of... <laughs> the past two weeks and beyond with this team. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the big picture. I, I mean, I don't want to hear about how close we are to 500. I don't want to hear that we're still in the mix for things. Sure we are. But it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good, folks. It's possible, but it doesn't look good. That's the true big picture. It's not about being negative. It's about being honest. It's about being truly honest. I don't like the fact that this team is not winning. Do you think I come up here and say, yeah, I get to rip this team and tear them up? Do you think Mar- Do you think my co-host likes that? Do you, think, do you think we enjoy coming on this show and being negative and ripping the team? Of course not. We want to come up here and just be like, yeah, they destroyed them. Oh, man, we beat the Spurs. We crushed the Sacramento Kings 30... 30- by, by, well, not 30. Let's just say, let's just say we do that. We took care of business against the Kings. 18-point win. Yeah. Corey Brewer looks like, <laughs> I don't even know who he looks like. He looks like Megatron out there. No. <laughs> you know, getting 7 million yards and eight and, and three touchdowns. You know, I'm, I'm just kidding. Because he, he looks like a wide receiver when Kevin loves chucking those uh, outlet passes. I want to see that. I want to say Ricky Rubio is the Spanish Magic Johnson, or really the Spanish Pistol Pete. That's more of what he truly uh, appears to be when he actually, if if he could score, he plays, his playmaking skills remind you of Pistol Pete, but his shooting reminds you of uh, Derek Martin. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Derek Martin used to play in the Wolves. I don't really remember him being much of a shooter. Not much. Um, let's just leave that alone. I don't even want to continue on that one. So that's the true big picture, folks. It's not trying to one-up anybody. I'm trying to come up here and give you the, my best, the best assessment I can of this team, the most honest assessment I can of this team. I don't enjoy complaining and ripping the team. I don't enjoy coming up here telling you I want the coach fired. And I absolutely do not enjoy telling you Ricky Rubio has hurt the team. His his lack of progress has hurt the team. I'm not calling him a bust. So you can. You can keep following me on Twitter <laughs> and on the Facebook page and all that good stuff. You don't have to be like, up, oh, up, oh, Pat. Pal, you know, Joey thinks Ricky Rubio's a bust. Unfollow. Oh, we can't say anything negative about Rubio or, or this or that. Unfollow. This guy's a jerk. He, he's not a Wolves fan. No. But he has been part of the problem. Sure. His shooting has not been good. It's not been good. Um, he's not been stretching the floor very well. He did get nine assists in the Utah game. 
The good news with Rubio, the possibility still exists and persists. His shot will develop. He has shown signs of it at times, but then he comes back to the pack. That's where the frustration comes in. So, that's another uh, ongoing assessment of Ricky Rubio overall. He's hurt this show, because when you saw Ricky Rubio as a transcensional player, <laughs> transcensional player, whatever the word is, <laughs> to really, you know, just, oh my God, he's just an amazing phenom in this league. The listenership goes up, big time. It explodes. When Ricky Rubio is like a very poor man's Rondo <laughs> out there, a guy who's a worse shooter than Rondo, and and his confidence is certainly not as high as Rondo's, <laughs> then, you know, and I'm saying like the young Rondo when he when his shooting was like pretty much non-existent, then the numbers of the show go down because people aren't uh, people are like, boy, this team isn't that fun to watch. Yeah, so. Yes, Ricky, we need you to step up for so many reasons. The morale of the team, the morale of this show, too. It really would help. (laughs) It really would. So I've given you as much of an assessment as I can of this team. Kevin Love. And you know what, folks? I didn't write down anything. No notes. I'm still able to give you what I can give you. (laughs) This is an emotion show, folks. It it is what it is. And I'm doing the best I can. So with that, we are going to take a quick break. We will come back, do some previews of the following week, and get to the fan interaction. Do you shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Timberwolves Explosion on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Hello again, we are back here on Timberwolves. Explosion. We are going to jump right into the preview segment here. We are ready to look at the coming week for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Tuesday, January the 21st, the Wolves will head to Utah. So it's a home-and-home situation. Timberwolves host the Utah Jazz on Saturday the 18th. Beat them, obviously. Head to Salt Lake City. Oh, goody, the Delta Center. Timberwolves in the past have not had the best success there, but I do think they win their second straight game. In Utah, things are going to get extremely tough after this. But the Wolves will have a back-to-back victories against the Utah Jazz. It'll be a nice little boost for the team. In this one, I think they uh, handle things fairly easily. I think we're looking at a... Uh, I, I can see the Wolves breaking 100 in this one. <laughs> I'll go with the 102 to... I'm going to go Wolves 102, Utah 90. It's 102 to 90 in this one. 102-88. Okay, there we go. Because then Friday, oh boy, here we go again. 
Two teams that the Wolves never beat on the road. Ever. Do the Wolves ever beat these teams on the road? Like once every five or six years. Certainly not the Golden State Warriors, though. Pretty much, I, I, I have no idea if they'll ever beat them again, the way things are headed. <laughs> uh, Lord have mercy. Heading, heading <laughs> into Oracle Arena. Oh, boy. I, I Friday the 24th of January, of course. I don't see a victory in that one. The Wolves never beat Golden State, ever. Even when the Warriors suck, like I've said a million times, even when the Wolves were a 58-win team back in 3 4 the Timberwolves lost both games in Golden State, each by 22 points that year, because obviously you pay your way. The Western Conference teams with two home and two away games uh, throughout the Western Conference. The Wolves lost both of those games by 22 points. The Warriors were nowhere near the playoffs. They had Bob Sura and this guy and that guy. I can't even remember anymore. Whatever. Obviously, Spreewell wasn't there because he was here. Um, there's no way the Wolves are going to beat the Warriors. They're a very tough team. They've really been on a streak of late. Uh, their hot streak was recently snapped, but still, they're still on an overall, over a period of games, a very, very hot run. Don't like this matchup. It never works. <laughs> Warriors are very physical. Uh, Stephen Curry reminds us uh, how the 2009 draft went. Yeah, we have Ricky Rubio. Steph Curry's even ahead of him, though, as well. Not only Johnny Bleepin' Flynn who uh, a lot of people constantly will tell you it could have been Rubio and Curry. Well, hey, who knows? That would have been something else. You get the designated passer and the overall stud shooter, who's also capable of being a point guard as well, with like a nine assist type of game here and there. Eight assist game, nine assists, ten assists, whatever it is. Spicy, as some call him, (laughs) is uh, not a good matchup for the Wolves in any way she performs. So obviously Timberwolves lose that one. Looking at some ugly-ass score, like 112 to... 112 to like, I don't know, just, I'm going to try to be semi-nice. 112 to 90. Okay. Yeah, that's not really nice, is it? That's a 22-point loss. That's what I'm going to go with. And I'm sorry. That's, that's what I'm, do you think I do you think I enjoy that, really? Do you think I enjoy coming on here telling you I want, the Wolves are going to lose to Golden State by 20 points? Of course I don't enjoy it. I absolutely hate it. So... But it's one of those things, even when the, like I've said, okay, I've said it too much, let's stop repeating myself. Same old BS, Timberwolves head to Portland. Oh, wouldn't that be cool if the Wolves went out there and kicked Portland's ass? <laughs> well, the Wolves did kick Portland's ass earlier this year in the Target Center, beating them by 30, and ended up letting the Blazers back in it, but still won by, was it 12 points, I believe, back in December? Warriors had no legs in that, or excuse me, the Blazers had no legs in that game. They have been down a little bit, as old Rip City would tell you. Old uh, Tristan Mayer, they've been down to, they've been playing 500 ball of late so far, uh, or had been, anyway. Portland Trail Blazers, obviously, very good team, no doubt about it. Um, leading the way here, in the, oh my god, with a 31-9 and record, just, son of a bitch. I, I just can't believe they're that good. Oh my God! And they're still ahead of Oklahoma City, obviously without Russell Westbrook, mind you. But son of a man! I mean, Blazers are just tearing up this league right now. Obviously, they don't even have C.J. McCollum. I mean, it's just like an endless butt kicking. Even though they've been struggling for a little while, Lamarcus Aldridge having career numbers overall. Damian Lillard, one of the best point guards in the league. Robin Lopez, an awesome fit for this club. Nice defensive uh, big man. Added to the roster, the the French Batman is doing well. Obviously, Nicholas Batum, 
Wesley Matthews is tearing it up. It just never ends. Of course, T.J. McCollum is playing now. Pardon me. He's finally playing. He's played five games and averaging about six points, but eh, he's doing more than Shabazz. So what? whatever. Whatever flip and, uh, and Adelman. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, at least they're playing him, even though they're not playing him that much. <laughs> they're not. They're certainly not playing him that much, but still, it's it's early. They're getting started. Mo Williams, obviously a much, much better fit to this team than a J.J. Barea would be. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, the Blazers were awfully similar to the Timberwolves last year. Very similar, but obviously still a tough, tough matchup for them, for us. Yet, when you look at the big picture, oh, there's that word again. The Blazers have just what they need. Mo Williams instead of J.J. Barea. Robin Lopez instead of, uh, okay, I don't even really want to compare it, but like to Turioff or Cunningham. There you go. There you go, Turioff or Cunningham. See, there it is. C.J. McCollum instead of Shabazz. Shabazz, but obviously that's early, so I, I can't get too far into that one. They did take Mayors Leonard last year, and he's the, he's less productive than anybody. <laughs> I'd rather have uh, I'd rather have Turioff than Mayors Leonard. Yeah, yes, I would. Uh, Damian Lillard is obviously uh, pretty similar to what a lot of us hoped Johnny Flynn would be. Pretty similar, a high scoring uh, point guard who still manages to get about six, seven assists a game, but scores like a madman, an absolute stud overall player. A lot of us hoped Johnny Flynn was going to be that. Because uh, it's not like Lillard is a very big guy either. Because Flynn was uh, obviously very small. Well, Lillard is 6'3". I do apologize for that. He's kind of like a Chauncey Billups, actually. I'm getting him mixed up with uh, someone else there. So do apologize for that. Gotta 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 debunk myself sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, the Blazers are very strong. I can't see the Wolves winning this game. And, uh, winning in Portland is, like, impossible. So Tristan Mayer, you kicked our ass again. No, uh, can't beat you guys. <laughs> yeah, okay, we can. We we did, but again, Blazers were absolutely exhausted in that game. The Wolves took advantage of it, and more power to them. Good, take advantage of it. If you can, go ahead and take advantage of it. Hopefully, the Blazers have a tough schedule again going in, and the Wolves pull off some kind of crazy wild victory. But um, the odds of that are like one in a one in a bajillion, just because it's just the worst matchup ever. Even if the Blazers are are uh, are good. And yes, the Blazers will have played against the Denver Nuggets <laughs> just before that. So Thursday, the January the 23rd, the Nuggets will have played well, no, it's just it's two games. Sorry. The Wolves will play on Saturday. So I'm getting mixed up again. Um, they'll have two games rest. Blazers win. Blazers win. Looking at another... Uh, this one will be a little bit on the higher scoring for both clubs, I think. I think the Wolves... Uh, I think the Wolves break, break 100, but they're not going to win the game. It's going to be like 115 to 102 or some crap like that. It'll be a fun game to watch in some senses because, yes, I think the Wolves will score on the Blazers. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I almost should think the Wolves will score on the freaking Warriors, too. But, I don't know. One of these two games, the Wolves aren't going to score all that much, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'll go with the Portland game. The Wolves score a lot. I think the Kevin Love is... Going to have a nice game and all that. Him seemed like him and LaMarcus Aldrich really go at it. LaMarcus always seems to have some kind of vendetta against Love, and he's uh, he's having an awesome year. I don't think there's any doubt he's an all-star with 24.12 rebound type of season. Unbelievable. So Blazers are legit, legit contender in the Western Conference. It's uh, well past Christmas now, which is one of the gauges to say uh, the hot starts. How long, I mean, how truly, how good is this team? Well, it's starting to look pretty good now. For the Portland Trailblazers, they are definitely no longer 
the Jailblazers. Sorry to keep mentioning that. It's just probably annoying to listen to. So those are the games we're going to preview for this week. Unfortunately, it has, we have the Wolves looking one and two. It's a tough schedule. I mean, face the facts. It's not. We're not trying to be negative. How is that negative? I mean, do the Wolves ever beat Portland and, and Golden State on the road? Not really. doesn't matter if Garnett's here, if Kevin Love's here, or Spreewell <laughs> and Cassell. Oh, Spreewell, hell with him, but Cassell when he was good. Even then, it was still a huge frustration. So, that's just how things stand there. Enough with the previews. Let's get on with Facebook and Twitter. Yes, sir. Definitely a good place to check out the Wolves, at Wolves Explosion. And, of course, search for Timberwolves Explosion on Twitter. That's our Facebook. That's all you got to do to come and like, <laughs> like the page. We have all kinds of wonderful interactions on here from guys from the Courtside Podcast, like Vince Germano, Hank McCoy, and all that good stuff. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, all, all great guys. Mm-hmm. We'd like to hear more from some of you guys locally, though. Some of you guys that are listening, like Lucas Quill is a local guy. I'd like to hear from him some more again. Uh, always miss Jules Post Arena. He's out of Australia as well. Miss, miss, miss hearing from him. He used to post more often. Hopefully he will again fairly soon. Um, a lot of people responding when I talked about the, well, when I released the show, and Kalen Woods saying, cracker of a show, Joey Wygen. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, Kalen saying, yeah, I was, I was saying, I hope that's a good thing. He said, yes, it is. You might have to learn some Aussie slang with so many fans from down under. You bet you might. <laughs> yes, I got to get some more Aussie slang. Like, Kevin Love. Okay, not Kevin Love. Rick Edelman's a flog. <laughs> Rick Edelman's a flog. He keep giving the ball to Kevin Martin. Crikey. It's ridiculous. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, crikey. I know somebody down... Yep, Hank is going to say it here in a second. Uh, oh, speaking of Aussies, do people say crikey a lot down under? In my experience, not as much as... <laughs> Someone was talking about that. Not as much as I had assumed they would, except for the few times I've heard fair income via the generation older than me. Oh, <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. Kalen was posting that on there. Uh, he continues saying, Mind you, there's a lot of stuff on there that's either outdated or only things Bogans would say. <laughs> Hank McCoy saying, Crikey. Yep. <laughs> oh, Crikey. Yeah, I like that. That's good stuff. Uh, Tanae Brown was from New Zealand, not Australia, but close, close. You uh, saying it was a nice win. This was the... This had to be, yeah, this was uh, the Philly game, I do believe. No. Yes. Pardon me. Um, he was saying it was a nice win, but why the hell were the rookies not starting the fourth? I only saw the score on my phone while I was at work, but it seemed as though we were in complete control of the game. Looked like we could have put Johnny Flynn out there. Actually, I read this on the last show, so I do apologize for that out there. Yeah, that was an older one. Uh-huh. Okay, yep, Shabazz Muhammad has been recalled from the D-League. Got a little response here from Kalen saying, nope, <laughs> when I was saying, does that mean he'll play? Kalen saying, nope, he was getting too much time in the D-League, and Adelman had had to put an end to it. Oh, zing. Oh, that was a good one. That was definitely a zing right there. Or as uh, Hank did a half zing one time. Zing! No. <laughs> oh, man. You guys are talking a lot of Rubio and stuff on that show. Obviously, the Courtside Podcast, Hank McCoy, Vince Romano, and Buckets Magazine Editor, BG, the Backpack Baller uh, Writer. Yes, sir. Do Google that and uh, support that book 
as best you can. Obviously, buy it if you, if and when you can. Um, 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 um. What in the world? I do believe I already read this one. No, I didn't. Ah, this is where it gets tough. Oh, boy. Lots of conversation in here. Holy moly. It really picks up. Yes, Shabazz Muhammad had like a trillion points in a couple games there in the D-League. He averaged about 24 points a game. That got very crazy. Oh, man. Mm. Yeah, I want. I need to keep some of these for uh, later on when I can have my co-host back. That'd be nice. Tanae was saying it was a nice game to watch. Everyone played well. Nice to see a bit of Mountain Brew in the first half. That being Corey Brewer. Also happy with Adelman clearing the bench. Still think... We should have done it sooner, but at least they got more than a minute. Go Wolves. That was a bit earlier. That was, uh, huh. He was talking about the Philadelphia game. Yes. The Wolves pounded Philly. Yep, a little bit of playing time for the guys. That was nice to see, finally. Um, Tanay was talking about Iowa, saying how Shabazz played well. Didn't see much of his shooting, but he's a smart player and knows how to position himself to get the ball in scoring position. I think he could play plenty well off Shved, especially on the break. Rubio would find him in good scoring positions, too, with his cutting. Yeah, that's a good point there, Tanay. Yeah, I mean, doggone it. Give him the damn, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think that Shabazz and Rubio would work together fairly well. It would. Oh, then this one hurts right here. Hank McCoy was saying how still Gerald Green just burned his former team. You can live with that, but the Timberwolves shot just 40% from the field. Do you think the starters are starting to tire with not getting any bench help. Play your roster, coach. That's a gold star. That is a gold star from Hank McCoy right there. Uh, gold star comment right there. The comment of the week because, yeah, I mean, they're burning out the starters. Yes, and to see uh, Gerald Green, of course, hitting a clutch shot against the Wolves in that game. Yeah, Suns won the game by a point because Gerald Green hit a clutch 18-footer from the baseline area. Extremely frustrating. Just sickening. Vince Germano adding, this might be some gold star material too. We'll continue here. He says, absolute crap that this Wolves team can't beat Phoenix at the target center. Crap. And how the hell can they let Channing Fry drop 17 points? How? Yeah, because the Wolves, yeah, the Wolves perimeter defense was horrible yet again. They were giving up open threes, chasing Cleeper players around, driving to the basket, chasing them up, leaving wide open threes. And it's just been the same old story for about 10, 10 years now with the Wolves. Vince continuing saying, I'm sorry, but something stinks. Oh. <laughs> That's what it is. It's Adelman's piss poor coaching. There he is waving goodbye to the game as it's passing him by. No defense and poor use of a bench and no development on youngsters. This is a This team has a way has way too much talent. This is a team that has way too much talent to have this kind of record and rant. PS sorry, I swore a lot. Not a problem, Vince. This is a rant type of show. This is a big picture type of show. It is. Hank saying questions for you both. Should the Timberwolves look at Andrew Bynum? I say yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I guess. Uh, you know, that's a tough one. You know, I mean, Andrew Bynum is a loose cannon. I don't know what's going to happen with him now at this point. It's like the guy's nuts. <sighs> Andrew Bynum. Who who again? Yeah, he was traded to Chicago and then waved. It's just like, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Is he going to... He's just... Uh, talk about a loose cannon. Mm. A lot of people want the Heat to sign him. Um, 
seems like uh, that's kind of the favorite. Uh, maybe the Lakers chase him, try to get him back. I think the Lakers should. That's obviously Vince's club. Oh, Vince's club. Like he likes the Lakers. Yeah, Bynum was traded to the Bulls for like Luol Luol Zhang. The Bulls obviously have something going on here. Because obviously, yeah, Zhang's gone to Cleveland and all that good stuff. Um, the Bulls are going to be going after somebody here. Yeah, they're they've got their they got their eyes set on something big here. Possibly, I don't know. Well, they're they're going to go after somebody. Let's just leave it alone. I hope it's not Kevin Love. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I'm not a. I don't hate Bynum, but he's kind of a loose cannon. I think he's going to wind up in some big team. Uh, Greg Oden finally played. Ooh, yeah. When the Heat got destroyed by Washington, though, whatever. So there's a little random league talk. That's kind of what's fun about this. You can just get into it randomly. Hank McCoy saying, "Here's the write-up on Baza. Uh, he was the most hyped player entering Reno, and he lived up to it. Some pundits have already labeled him a bust." But in two games this week, he showed off the right combination of desire and talent that could help him succeed in the next level for years to come. In two games, he scored 46 points in 49 minutes and also grabbed 18 rebounds. Yeah, in a nutshell, he was awesome, wasn't he? Uh, Kalen Woods was saying, See, Adelman, this is what happens when you give a scorer a chance to play. Um, very true. Oh, man. Very freaking true. Kalen saying, what's your thoughts on the Wolves as the deadline approaches? It will be interesting what's done with Shabazz coming back if he doesn't get a chance to play. Would they potentially trade him for a vet who Adelman will play if they don't? He will languish between NBA and D-League for a long time with Martin, Brewer, and Buttinger all on long deals. Oh, boy. Well, the name we keep hearing in town here is Gary Neal. That's about it. That would be like a Possible Shved Berea type of thing. I would do that. Uh, Gary Neal would be a nice addition to this team. Wolves need some stability. A, a veteran who's not too old. Um, I think J.J. Berea has got to go for multiple reasons. He's just, he doesn't fit. He doesn't fit here. Uh, him and Kevin Love have been at odds for a while. I don't, I mean, keep believing that, they've, that they're cool and everything's fine. They're not fine. This has been going on for a while. It keeps happening. And I know sometimes certain players get in little testy relationships, but everything's fine, though, in the grand scheme of things. This is not a championship team, folks. So I don't think they're going to kiss and make up. Where championship teams tend to kiss and make up. Championship or in the conference finals every year, like a San Francisco 49ers. God rest their season. I'm just still sick about that. That ended up, yeah. Uh, anyhow. Uh, yeah, teams like that, you know, where maybe you get in a shouting match with a teammate, but hey, all is all is well that ends well type of thing. There is no all is well that ends well with Love and Berea, so um, I'd be all about that. I wish there was something more exciting than Gary Neal, but not yet, not yet, Kalen. Um, it's it's tough to speculate. It really is. So, and if I do, it would just go on and on and on, and I'd go, I'd probably bore everybody to death if I'm not already, right? <laughs> Kalen Woods saying. Saw a piece on 2013 first-rounders that are struggling and surprise after surprise, Anthony Bennett. <laughs> after Anthony Bennett, these two appeared. Shabazz Muhammad and Gorgie Jang. For Shabazz, it says, The last pick of the lottery is seeing the sort of playing time usually reserved for second-rounders and undrafted signees. Yikes, and how he returned from that D-League and scored all those trillion points and 10 rebounds. Gorgie Zhang, the former Louisville center, has spared a D-League assignment, unlike the other 2013 first-rounder on this team, but he's hit the court only slightly more often than Muhammad. 
the draft night trade that sent rookie of the year candidate Trey Burke to Utah for Zhang and Muhammad is looking like an unfortunate one for Flip Saunders in Minnesota. And like I said on the last show, I'm not too happy with Flip yet. It's only one year. I don't have Flip on the chopping block, but he's not off to a good start. And neither was David Kahn. Right out of the bat, everybody was scratching their head like, what the bleep is David Kahn doing after the first draft? Kind of feeling the same about Flip so far, guys. Hope we can change that. I sincerely hope so. I want this team to win, guys. Tanae Brown wrapping up the comment section for the Facebook. Still a few more on Twitter. I'm going to try to cut down on some here. Uh, Derek Williams saying, showing the rookies why they need to get traded as soon as they can. Uh Uh-huh, Derek Williams is showing why they need to get traded as soon as they can. Yep. He continues saying, Edelman was a great coach. I'm sure he still would be with the right team, but we have far too much talent in this team to have this sort of record. We've let talent run on the bench, and it's just getting ridiculous. We're supposed to be showing love that we're a serious team, and if he plays here, he'll get a championship. But at the moment, we're just a joke. Wolves games are just hard to watch at the moment. He says, might be just me, but it looks like no one wants to be playing at the moment. No one looks happy on the court. Yeah, it doesn't look good, man. It it doesn't look good. It really doesn't look good at all. Mm, it's it's really tough. Oh, it's it's a tough it's a tough go. So let's check out the Twitter here if I can. I'm gonna try to keep it brief because there was a lot of back and forth, a lot of a lot of nonsense, a lot of good talk, and then there was some nonsense as well with some uh, not so happy Wolves fans necessarily. I was kind of getting into it a little bit after that Phoenix game. It got a little crazy. Vince Germano was telling me I should uh, I should make call it as I see it because I was saying, hey, Wolves fans need to. Look at they need to see the big picture. Diego Luis Contreras out of Spain saying second unit thirty five points, second unit six points. Yeah, <laughs> thirty two points, second unit four points, second unit thirty three points, second unit two points. He was saying how it was like back and forth where the Wolves, um, yeah, the Wolves constantly. Uh, their bench gets outscored by other teams. That's basically the point there. It's just time and time again. That whole point is they're getting outscored by like 30 points a game overall, and it's absolutely nuts. Canis Hoopus was also talking about how a blowout, close loss, blowout, close loss, blow, close loss. That's all it is. It, it's a joke. Um, <laughs> Vince is saying we should be glad that Kirilenko's left is gone because he slowed down big time. I don't miss Kirilenko at all, and he was very excited, uh, very uh Expensive for us, not too expensive for Brooklyn, who's playing slightly better lately. Uh, Nick Borboom, yes sir, Nick Borboom, a close friend and an old friend of mine from since '95, <laughs> says a true fan of the Wolves will understand that no <laughs> will understand that no matter how good or bad the team is, you will always speak your mind on it. Yes sir, yes sir, Nick. Yep, I totally agree. That's what I was trying to say to everybody. That hey, you know, I have to tell you how I feel here. James Morris, yep. With some nice thing, uh, yeah, he was uh, looking to retweet me at some point here, the show. So really appreciate that. Nice to meet you, by the way. He does a fantasy, uh, fantasy forecast, NBA fantasy forecast at Fantasy Guy Twenty Three. Give him a shout out there. A couple more here. Diego Luis Contreras saying worst game of the season. This was the Sacramento game. Terrible at both sides. Everybody playing really bad. Love looking tired. Rubio weak. Looking how the team, especially Rubio, was playing under Adelman, must have to try something different. Very true. Um, that uh, The frustration was unbelievable. That, that Sacramento game just looked like a fire Adelman kind of game. 
It really did. So that will wrap up the fan interaction. A bit long there, but a lot of, lot of good things people had to say. So that's why I kind of kept, kept going there for a while. Very cool. Really appreciate all of you for commenting. I'm going to do the best I can to keep this show coming for you. And uh, from there, we'll see what happens. Will I keep being solo? Will the, will the co-host return? We shall see. <laughs> it's, it's on him. I, it is. He needs to be here. So we'll see. I'm not pissed off at him, but I'd like to have him on the show. It would be great. So just letting you guys know that. Sometimes things work out. Sometimes they don't. Schedules are what they are. Thank you all for listening. Really, really appreciate you. And again, yeah, I hope you understand. I'm speaking my mind. I'm not up here to bash the team. I've said that enough for the time being. Hoping things do turn around would be very cool. And uh, one other thing I should actually close the show with. I should have mentioned this earlier. Vince Germano, when when we're, we're talking about a possible replacement for head coach Rick Adelman, a, uh, <laughs> a very legit replacement for him would be Lionel Hollins. Uh, Vince Germano was bringing that up with me for a while. I'm actually surprised he didn't post it on the uh, Facebook page, but I'm just, well, he probably has at times. But, um, yeah, I apologize for that. Uh, if I didn't get around to it somehow, some way. But Lionel Hollins would be, he's a defensive-minded coach. He was extremely successful in Memphis. Can't imagine he would be bad for this team at all. A lot of players got better under him, like Zebo. Marcus All really developed under him. Unbelievably developed under him. Um, Mike Conley. It took a little while, but look at him. Now, really solid player. Really good player in this league. Not quite at the Ulster level, but maybe someday. Ricky Rubio would learn from Lionel Hollins. I'm very sure about that. Pekovic would play great under him, I think. Maybe his defense would be a little better. Loves would be better. Uh, Brewer would probably thrive under a coach like that. <laughs> I mean, it just goes on and on. I think this would be, uh, I think Lionel Hollins would be a nice replacement. So when the locals, the local media members that are, they think they're God, they think they're the most intelligent people on the planet, when they're like, well, then who replaces them? Blah, 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 blah. Lionel Hollins, smart ass. Yeah, that's what I would say to somebody that would say that. Uh, and no, I'm not saying that directly to anybody right now because I never actually got in that conversation, but I did with a certain guy last year about Berea and Luke Ridnour. Oh, the guy was a complete jerk. <laughs> He's not somebody I follow. So, yeah, in, in, anymore anyway after that. That was about a year ago. So it's nobody that I've been talking to the last year. So don't worry, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm not calling anyone a jerk that knows me right now. So thanks again, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week with hopefully some more positive things to say. Hopefully. We would really like that.